Hi everyone, it's Melissa Pemberton here, host of Mending Families, where we will talk all things parenting, trauma, and healing. We are back with another Mondays with Melissa, and I am so excited that you're here. Before we jump into today's episode, I just want to give you a couple of reminders. One, you can subscribe to this podcast, and if you do that, you don't have to search for a new episode every week. It'll just show up in your feed ready for you to listen. The second thing is for you to share with a friend. Let your people know about this podcast because honestly, I just would love to have more people know about this podcast so that they can learn how to be the best parent that they can be, that they can learn more about trauma awareness, that they can grow themselves and step into helping the kids in their lives heal and grow as well. The last thing is if you could give me a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be super helpful. There is just something about that algorithm that when I have reviews and ratings, it bumps me up on the list for more people to find me. So go do that today. It'll just take like 30 seconds and you would be helping me out so greatly if you would do that. All right, you guys, let's jump into today's episode. Here we go. Hi everyone, welcome to another Mondays with Melissa. I'm excited to be here. Last week I talked to Danielle Labar. She is a an amazing mama and such a lady boss. She does so many things and still is able to have time for her kids and her family. And so if you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to it. It's really good. And she gives us a lot of um, good things to think about. One thing that we talked about at the end of that episode was her support system and what makes a good support system. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Just you and me. We're going to sit here and chat. And I want to make sure that everyone knows this podcast is not just for parents. This podcast is for everyone because I personally believe that the kids in our lives are our kids, right? That we all play a role and contribute to how our kids feel, how they, if they feel safe, do they trust people, what relationship looks like. And so no matter what our kids are getting in their homes, we can also be an influence to them and help them build resiliency. So we're going to talk about four things today that we can do, whether this is our own children in our home, or if we're a grandparent or an auntie or an uncle, a godparent, neighbor, teacher, coach, there, there's so many ways that we touch the lives of kids. And so this is for you. This is for all of us. All right. So the first thing I want to talk about is probably the most important thing if you are to be a support to a child in your life, that is to be healthy yourself. So what does this look like? This looks like not just going and getting physicals and making sure that we're taking care of our high blood pressure and exercising and sleeping well. Those are all great. This is that all falls under it, right? Our physical body, sleeping well, eating well, exercising, doing those yearly physicals, taking care of ourselves. Um, but this is also talking about our mental health. And so it's important that if we are going to be modeling relationship and healthy choices and stability to the kids in our lives, we have to be feeling that inside of us. And there's nothing wrong with counseling. Counseling is amazing. So please go. <laughs> I don't think that anybody is 
so well balanced that they don't need counseling. Just like nobody is healthy enough that they never have to go get a physical. If we are taking care of our physical bodies, we need to be taking care of our mental health as well. And so go to counseling, even if it's just once a month or just for check-ins, it's really important that we are in a healthy space so that we can be modeling that for the kids in our lives. The other thing is just to make sure that, um, so we're healthy physically, we're healthy mentally, we're healthy spiritually. So however that looks for you, that you are in a space where, um, you feel secure and safe in your, in your spiritual space. So whether it's, um, going to church or having a community or, um, meditation, mindfulness, whatever that looks like for you, giving yourself space for that so that you can feel whole as a whole being. Okay. I think a, a couple episodes ago, we talked about the five B's. So to be, um, a whole our to look at our whole self, it's brain, body, biology, beliefs, and behaviors. When we talk about those, it's usually in reference to our kids, but we need to pay attention to that for us too, those five B's. And that is what's going to allow us to be the healthiest we can be for our kids. Okay. The second thing I want to talk about is to just be aware of how trauma can affect those five B's that I just talked about, and not only in ourselves, but also with our kids. So if you don't know anything about trauma, trauma awareness, how it affects the brain, how it affects the body, how it affects the beliefs and the behaviors. Learn more about that. There's some really good books that you can read. The Whole Brain Child is a good one. The Connected Child, The Connected Parent, um, The Body Keeps the Score. These are all books that you have already heard us talk about on this podcast. And there's a reason for that because they're good books. <laughs> Um, so I would encourage you to read or listen to podcasts. This is a good podcast that you could listen to, but there's other really great podcasts that just help you better understand trauma awareness. Um, and I will list those in the show notes. If you are a podcast listener and you just don't know where to start, um, Robin Goebel's podcast is one that I would highly recommend. The adoption connection is a good one. Lisa Qualls and Melissa Corkum, they, um, are both adoptive parents, but they both also know a lot about trauma awareness and how it affects the whole body. So that would be another one. I will list a few in the show notes just so that you have a, a, a jumping off point, but it's really important that we understand that trauma does affect all of us and our whole body. And so when we are seeing a behavior from a kid in our life that, um, we might want to label as like, gosh, that that kid, it, I'm going to say this word, but I'm going to tell you that I would never call a kid this. I'm just saying this because I've heard it said, um, that kid's a brat, right? We've heard that before, but the reality is that kid is not a brat. You guys, that kid has a need behind the behavior and we have to figure out what that need is. And oftentimes it's related to what they have experienced in their lives. So Let's be aware of that and educate ourselves more on trauma. I just thought of another great book. Um, it just popped into my head. It's called What Happened to You, and it's by Oprah Winfrey and Bruce Perry, and it is amazing. So that would also be an easy read, starting, jumping off point where you could just start to learn more about the needs behind behaviors and how trauma affects all of us. Okay. The other thing that I want to talk about is the developmental age versus chronological age. 
So we may see a child who is six years old and think, okay, they're six years old. They're in kindergarten. They should be able to sit nicely and hold a pencil and write and um, be able to use the bathroom and not have accidents and tie their shoes and ride a bike. Yes, chronologically, that is what a six-year-old should should be able to do, right? But we have to look at the developmental age. That is the key because there are things that happen to our kids and even to us when we were kids that slow down the development. And a couple episodes ago, I talked about the risk factors that can um, affect those five Bs, the brain, body, behaviors, biology, and beliefs. And that's, this is what I'm talking about, that um, developmentally, those risk factors, if they come into play, can affect how the child's developmental age. So that six-year-old, if that six-year-old had a difficult pregnancy, had it, they didn't, their parent, when they were in utero, difficult pregnancy, if their birth was difficult, if they were early hospitalization, if they experienced abuse or neglect, um, those are things that can then alter the developmental age of that child. And so we may be looking at a six-year-old on the outside, but on the inside, they may be more developmentally like a three or a four-year-old. And so the expectation for that child, the bar needs to be lowered. We cannot expect a child who has been through so much and is really in a space where they are just trying to catch up developmentally. Let's help them feel safe and then see that they are maybe not where they, um, where their peers are and that's okay. And so we have to lower that bar. We can't expect them to sit as long or maybe they will have accidents and that's okay. We just change them and move on. They may not be able to ride a bike or tie their shoes and there's nothing wrong with that. We don't need to shame them. Um, and also just the way that they handle conflict in relationship is going to look more like a preschooler than a six-year-old. And we have to be aware of that. And this is at all ages. So even 14, we may have a 14-year-old who um, maybe is developmentally more like a seven or an eight-year-old. And keeping in mind too, that this can fluctuate. So there can be days where that child feels safe and, and that felt safety is there. They're in a good space. They're feeling good. There's been no trauma triggers. And so maybe they can do the things that a 14-year-old might be able to do. But then the next day, something may trigger them over and over and over. And that can put them back into a space where they're more like a seven or an eight-year-old. And we don't need to tell them that. We don't need to say, you're acting like a seven-year-old today. We just need to be aware so that we can lower the bar and meet them where they're at. Let's meet our kids where they are at instead of having this expectation that they always have to behave like their chronological age. Okay, the last thing that I wanna talk about is connection. Our kids, we know that when um, hurts have happened in relationship, the only way to heal that is through relationship. And obviously, if the primary caregiver can be the one that can give that healing, that is that would be amazing. But that isn't the case for all of our kids. And so we know that it just takes one adult, just one adult in that child's life to really see them and hear them and value them and just take the time to connect with them. And so this may mean showing an interest in what they're interested in. If they're interested in basketball, maybe that means you go shoot hoops with them for a little bit after school every day. If they are interested in 
building robots. Maybe you ask them more about that and you get interested in what they are interested in. You take the time to just slow down and really see them and hear them. Hear their voice too. If they are saying something to you that, um, you know, I if they come over and every time they come over to you, if you're a neighbor, every time they come over, they ask for a snack. Don't see that as an annoyance. Like go home and eat your mom's food. Say yes, because what that does is it allows them to hear that you heard them, that you heard that they were hungry, that they had a need and you met that need. So you heard them and you saw them and you valued them enough to say, you can have some of my food, even though you're not my child. Those little things can really add up. So be present with them. And I'm just going to say it again. See them, hear them, and value them. That is something that I learned from the Halo Project. Um, Cindy, Cindy Lee is so amazing. If you don't know her, I will also link her information in the show notes because she's amazing. She's got some great kids books that that would be another thing. Maybe buy them some of these kids books from Cindy Lee and let them know that you see them. But the kids books are tools that can be used to help them learn new communication skills or relationship skills. Um, so give them voice see their need, meet the need, be present for them, connect with them. All right, you guys, those are the four things. And even if you just do one of those this week, that would be amazing, right? It's baby steps. Nobody said we have to do a complete overhaul overnight. We're going to just do one thing at a time. And when we feel comfortable with that, we add something else. Okay, you guys, that is it for today. I'm excited for next week. You guys, I have a new friend to me. I met her through Instagram. So we actually haven't met in person, but she's got an amazing story and she is still living it out. Um, Hannah McLeod, she has a child who um, was diagnosed with childhood cancer and he's very young. He is a baby baby and they're still walking through it. And so she's going to come share with us about how that has been for them and how she still stays present for her preschool age child and how she still stays present for her family. And, um, she's into health and fitness and how she keeps going with that. And just is so inspiring. You're going to love her story. So come back next week. I'm excited to have you meet Hannah and I will see you guys next week. I'm so excited that you found this podcast and I hope you join me every week as you go through your own journey towards healing. One thing I truly believe in is that trauma awareness is so important to our future generations and it starts with you. 